Greetings to each one here. Say a good morning to you all, and I greet you in the name of Jesus. The first time we have a fellowship meal, and lots of things go through my mind. I can preach longer. I don't have to worry about the clock because meal's here, and then, no, no, we have things this afternoon. I'm going to jump right into it. I may be switching gears from what we had in the Sunday school lesson, but I want to share with you this morning how God can work in your life at times. And this will be, a, a first of all, a thing that, as they say to preachers, it needs to talk to me first. And so if this, if this talks to you, it's not because I'm telling you, it's because the Spirit of God's going to work in your life. Because I'm just going to share something from my side, and you all have to decide what the Lord's going to do in your life. And it all comes down to a question <clears throat> as we relate to situations in life. And personal struggle for me is, is that everybody else should do what I do. And if it's wrong for me, it's wrong for everybody else. And that can be feathered out and smoothed out in a lot of different ways. But after a while, you, you get to a place when you know you're crossing the line. And this happened in me and my wife as we go out to do chores. We can talk for two hours. And I found out that I need to be very appreciative and thankful for that. But over the years, we can talk and talk and talk about different situations. And one situation recently was fairly... Uh, burden, burdensome, uh, heavy weight. Just, just wish that some other people could see some things and, and that they would do it the way we think. But you can't do that to other people because they are allowed to do what they want. And you can talk and discuss and dream up things and go round and round in your mind for hours on end and it's not going to do any good about the situation. And I happened to be reading, I think it was earlier, just through the book of John, kind of as I wrestle with devotions in my uh, personal life and sometimes can be hit and miss, but I had read this verse, I had jotted a little bit down in my, in my book, and, and the one morning when we were out doing chores, uh, I thought, I need to go back and look at this. And the verse is in John, chapter 7, I guess I'll just give you the text, the verse, well you would say a text verse, John 7, it's verse 24. And just the wording of this verse opens up into a lot of different things. John 7, 24 says, Judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. And it was kind of when, when we got to talking over and over about the situation, we realized that I am not judging this right. And it's just not doing any good. And the verse, as you may know, that some people would say is the maybe second most quoted verse in the Bible. 
It's Matthew 7, 1. Judge not that ye be not judged. That's different than this verse, because this verse says, but judge righteous judgment. We have one verse telling you to judge. We have another verse telling you not to judge. How do you reconcile that? Well, it has a lot to do with where it's coming from in Scripture. And I am going to be mostly in John 7 here. They might overlap a little bit, but we're going to read to get the setting and what took place here. John chapter 7. We're going to start in verse 14, and we're going to go down through to verse 24. Now about the midst of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught. And the Jews marveled, saying, How knoweth this man letters, having never learned? Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but he that sent me. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. He that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory. But he that seeketh his glory that sent him, the same is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. Did not Moses give you the law? And yet none of you keepeth the law. Why go ye about to kill me? The people answered and said, Thou hast a devil. Who goeth about to kill thee? Jesus answered and said unto them, I have done one work, and ye all marvel. Moses therefore gave unto you circumcision, not because it is of Moses, but of the fathers, and ye on the Sabbath day circumcise a man. If a man on the Sabbath day receive circumcision, that the law of Moses should not be broken, are ye angry at me because I have made a man every whit whole on the Sabbath day? Judge not according to appearance, but judge righteous judgment. These are the words of Jesus. And as we look at the beginning, now about the midst of the feast, as a feast of tabernacles, and Jesus, in his mind, in his uh, ministry, and what he had to do, we see a lot of uh, the bigger picture kind of coming out here. Jesus... Uh, did not go up to the feast right away. He knew that people were going to be looking for him there. And they were trying, to, uh, the Jews were trying to figure out who Jesus is. And it says, Jesus went up in the midst of the feast, or now about the midst of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught. He knew that this is the way to get to the people. And he went up there and he taught them. We don't know what all he said, but it gets into the direct dialogue back and forth between them that, that's been for all through Scripture here of, of the Jews just not getting it. And they, they were getting mad at him, getting angry at him. And as it says here, he uh, I didn't study much in, into 16 to 19, but he said in verse 19, kind of a key point to point to look at here it says why are you want to kill me and and there was nothing about this even talk but you all you have to do is go back I, I don't have the references but go back a while and he knew they were mad at him they wanted to kill him and so he brings this right up almost as a uh, a direct um, contra or a uh, challenge to him uh, why go ye about to kill me and the people they they answered and said Thou hast a devil. Who goes about to kill thee? They're, they're trying to justify themselves. They're like, who's going to kill thee? Well, 
Jesus knew that they did. There's numerous times they wanted to, uh, to stone him. Uh, they tried to take him, and he would, he, uh, like it says, his time wasn't yet. So then in verses 21 to 24, Jesus doesn't stop. He just keeps right on laying it right on him. And he says, I have done one work. Now that work, Jesus putting this whole picture together is way back in, in uh, chapter, chapter 5. Where on the Sabbath day, Jesus healed a man who was, uh, says he was an impotent man for a long time. And he told him, rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. He knew that really got to him. And he just brings us right in here. And Jesus answered and said, I have done one work and ye all marvel. They couldn't, they couldn't wrestle with it. How, how can you do this on a Sabbath day? Their law did not allow that. And they were angry at him. And we see that he get, knowing all things, he goes right to the point of the law of they were allowed to circumcise a child on the Sabbath. That was a okay thing to do. And Jesus says, if, if you're allowed to do that, why can't I even do something greater than that? in terms of physical help for a person. And he told him, he said, can't you judge this? Can't you see that you're not lining up with things here? You're holding to one, I present something else, and you, and you contradict it. You, you won't, you won't uh, reconcile these things. And he tells the people, judge not according to appearance, but judge righteous judgment. So let's take verse 24 and uh, look at some of the words in here. The first word is judge. And that is... There's meanings that go a lot of ways with judge. And here's a few of them. To separate, select, to choose, to determine, to pronounce judgment. And other uses could be to assume the office of a judge to undergo the process of trial, to give sentence, to condemn, to execute judgment upon, to be in a lawsuit, to govern, to form an opinion, and make a resolve. There's a whole bunch of things here. But for me, one of them stuck out like a sore thumb. To form an opinion. Like I said in the beginning, it, talking with people, opinions, it's so easy. How do we deal with opinions and what do we do? So the word judge has all those things. And in this case, it has a little bit to do with forming an opinion. Maybe not necessarily, but the idea of discerning and looking. Can't you, can't you see what's going on here? That, that's the word judge. The word appearance, judge not according to the appearance. It's, it's what it says when it means appearance, what it appears like. In the word meaning, the literal word meaning is, is your face. So that is, and we use the term, the face of things, what you, what you see. And so appearance is, is a good word here. It's, it's what you see in the situation. 
But that's where the problem comes because all we see is the face of a situation. And he's saying, judge not according to the face of a situation. But judge righteous judgment. So now this gets real hard because I have to judge this verse and give you my opinion of it. And it may not even be correct. I stand here going, how am I supposed to present the true word of God without getting into my opinions and my views and my judgment of this verse? We are allowed to have opinions. We are allowed to judge. But it must come under the protocol, the, the guidelines of how God would want us to judge other people and other circumstances and, and situations. So these are, this is my, now to, to keep it at least so you understand, this is my opinion of these verses. I'm taking things from Scripture and kind of making my own things up. There's danger in that. And I don't want to get too far away from that. But in my own personal life, as I see situations and things, the truth comes to me and I go, okay, these opinions and things that I have, I, I think I have uh, an understanding of what God is telling me. And so I, I'm sh sort of sharing those opinions with you, but they may not be directly how it affects you, but that the Spirit of God will speak to your heart and your mind to judge the scripture the way he would want you to. What is the definition of an opinion? We all pretty well know. It's like he has an opinion this and an opinion that. It's a view or judgment or an appraisal formed in the mind about a particular matter. I'm not sure if I have my notes quite in order. I Deciding what, what really comes first in all of this. But here's some things I thought about. Opinions can waste mental energy. Opinions can sidetrack us from the truth. And opinions can waste time by talking and not getting anywhere. I will also add, most times an opinion does not have the facts. The best way to shut down a conversation that is highly opinionated is to say, I don't know. Now, I've experienced that myself. You start talking and getting in a I'm going to say a rant or a rave or a tangent or you're just cruising along with a bunch of ideas. If one person's feeding another person and they're just going back and forth and finally one person says, I don't know, I don't know. It just stops. Why? Why does it all of a sudden stop? In my mind, a red flag went up. Something wasn't right. And it's going to be very hard for me as uh, maybe I'm more opinionated to what I think, but I am going to have to say at times, I don't know. And brothers and sisters, it is perfectly fine to say you don't know. And in fact, that is the truth. That you don't know, but you don't want to admit it. So you make up something. And I back all this up 
it's Christmas, but I'm, I'm like Derwin, get way out of my notes. This is a stretch, but Christmas is a time when we think of Jesus coming to the earth. And I want to add to that as we, we enter this season. And I thought of his example that he gave to us. And the example of that is how he walked on earth and how he did things, how he related to people. And I am open to argument and disagreement of this, but I think I'm correct that Jesus did not have any opinions. Now, should we follow that example? This is getting pretty hard. We're human. We're not made like Jesus. But he knew everything. He had the heart, mind of God. He knew everybody. He knew, in, in this chapter, he knew it. He says, you're still trying to kill me. And they weren't even talking about it. They, there were other things. He goes, why, why are you trying to kill me? He knew their heart. He knew their mind. And he goes down in that story. He said, back up. You know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring this up again. This conversation we're having, I'll bring it up. It's like, why, why are you mad at me because I healed that man on the Sabbath? It's like, Jesus, he just knows all these things. So if Jesus did not have any opinions, where does that give us room to go with opinions? This verse says, judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. I think I missed a few of my words back here. Appearance, it's what you see, and the original word is face. The word righteous is in line with being just, which is keeping the commands of God, and it's without prejudice, prejudice or partiality. That's a little bit of the meaning behind judge righteous judgment. So this verse gives a balance between Matthew 7, 1 and here with judge not or judge. And it's just a few things I wrote down, kind of from a... Uh, practical side but yet um, almost as we see it the way the way Jesus would and I started some of these by saying if you judge this and this and this and I sounds pretty hard of you know but I, I wanted to put it out there if you are going to judge meaning it's an option not to it's kind of why I said that if you're going to judge if you judge one I put down is uh, judge from facts in a kind way. So there we got the facts in there, the truth, but in a kind way. And if you judge, try to judge through the eyes of Jesus. If you judge, judge on the basis of Scripture and not on your own ideas. Some of my own thoughts written down here. If you want approval for your judgment, if you want to know if it's okay or not, it needs to pass some of these tests. And it must be, we didn't study it, but Matthew 7, that if, if you think you're going to be judged by what you say, you better be careful with it. And as we see in this one, judge what is true and just. 
And one more thing that really helped me understand and see this maybe through God's eyes is if we go to John chapter 8, I think we'll just read that. It's not too far away. John chapter 8, some more verses. There's a lot of verses about judge, and I wondered how to how to get a good understanding of all this. And here's a few more just to read. John chapter 8, verses 15 to 18. It says, Ye judge after the flesh, I judge no man. And yet if I judge, my judgment is true. For I am not alone, but I and the Father that sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one that bear witness of myself, and the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. And as I looked at these verses about judging again, Jesus puts in here about a testimony of two people. And I thought maybe that, maybe that fits with, uh, with judging. Because if we're lopsided and meaning only one person, then it might not be true. It could be, but we don't know. As Jesus states here in the law, they said it takes two to really say this is, this is correct. So then, to add to that, if we're going to judge, let's use the second witness that we have. We're one person but Jesus is another, or His Word. And if you put the two of them together, your judgment might be different than what it was when you first started. Because all of a sudden now you have to put the two of them together to get it true and accurate. As I have down here, the testimony of two men is true, then our judgment must include us for one, and God or His Word for two. To make two of them. Now that gives comfort. I wrote down here, now God can back up our judgment or our opinions of it. We're not on our own. What we state came from the Bible, from God. And there's security in it. There's safety in it. If it is only from ourselves, I put in my notes here, dot, 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 question mark, question mark. What happens if it's only from ourselves? It's really open-ended. There's no, uh, no security, no comfort. Uh, there's a nice statement that in one of the books that Harold Martin wrote that I have, and I copied it down here. I want to read it. It says, Harold Martin said it well, or I, I wrote this. Harold Martin said it well. The clear command to judge with righteous judgment, verse 24, is not nearly as familiar to many people as are the words Judge not that you be not judged, which is Matthew 7, 1. It is the duty of the Lord's disciples to judge. And this is what comes across a little bit, that we are to judge. That is, to test values, to weigh propositions, to determine correct doctrine, to discern between good and evil, and to exercise sensible criticism. That's so what Harold Martin says. We have been given. It is the duty of the Lord's disciples to judge. And as darkness and light get almost more and more of a contrast, it is easy for us to, 
as Christians to judge certain things. We know the situation in society today of many issues that it is easier and easier to judge and say that is incorrect. And that is an obligation of us as Christians. As he says, it's the duty of the Lord's disciples to judge. Then he goes on to say, but it is never right to judge with spiteful and critical spirit. God's people are to make judgments and are not to be blind to iniquity and wickedness and moral filth. That, that, that summed up a lot of what was, what was going through my mind. Turn to, um, I said it was Christmas time. I kind of got, finally got to my notes here that have to do with Christmas. Turn to uh, John 3, 17. It's the verse after John 3, 16. This helped me see more, maybe through the eyes of Jesus, what, what he was doing. John 3, 17 says, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. You may have guessed it, but the word condemn there is the same as judge. If we read it this way, it says, God sent not his Son into the world to judge the world. Now, before you go too far, there's a lot to do with that. So, yes, he did judge the world if you look at the system, but the, uh, the whole picture. But the initial reason that Jesus came to earth was not to judge people. But that the world through him might be saved. And the challenge for me is, is it's so easy for me to judge people instead of trying to save people. It's the flesh. It's the natural desires. And it was encouraging to read this. For God sent not his son into the world to judge or condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. The judgment will come later. And, and if you would study into this, it's as time goes and things happen. Jesus Christ will judge us. There's verses about uh, between the Father and the Son that the judgment is there, and they will judge. You know, later on, uh, after the world's over, the, the great judgment, um, that is there. But as for what Jesus did coming to earth as a baby, as he grew up and introduced the plan of salvation, as we heard in our Sunday school lesson, he left all judgment out, and it that verse that I read, it says, I judge no man. That can be debated. There's other places it says he does judge. But that's because the meaning of the word judge is fairly, you have to know what that verse is saying. But in John 8, it says, ye judge, 8.15, ye judge after the flesh, I judge no man. I link that together with verse 17 that says, he didn't come to judge, he came to but that the world through him might be saved. And that we, even though as humans we can't copy Jesus exactly, I think there's something for me to learn how to pattern and follow the way Jesus lived when he was here on earth. And now I also looked at this context. Let's go back to John 7. 
Jesus answered and said unto them, in verse 21, said unto them, I had to think about who he was he talking to. He was talking to these people that were in the temple, the ones that the Jews were, mar- the, these Jews, they were marveling and they were wondering, who is this and what, how can he do these things? And, and as I take what Jesus told them, we're a little bit different. Right? That makes it a little bit harder because we're, we understand Jesus. We know who he was. And that's why I was like, well, maybe, maybe pulling it out. But it, it, it suddenly put in two different, two different groups. And I don't know how you are this morning here. You may know who Jesus is. You may have become a Christian and understand the plan of salvation. Or you may not know who Jesus is. And you may be a sinner in need of accepting his plan of salvation. The interesting part is, is that both of us, all of us, still have the obligation to judge. Let's turn to John 12. Just in uh, some closing things here yet. John 12, 46 to 48. John 12, 46 to 48. I am come a light into the world, that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. If any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not. For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. Just some verses that recap a little bit what I was saying. So my challenge to all of you this morning, if you don't know who Jesus is, I ask you to judge righteous, to look at what is being given in Scripture and to judge it accurately and to accept it. What Jesus was trying to, as he dialogued and interacted with the people, he was trying to show them who he was and the people did not want to accept it. And so it's up to you, if you do not know Jesus, how you're going to judge that. If you do know who Jesus is, I also ask you to judge righteous judgment on the side of situations, the day-to-day, how we interact with people, what our words are, what we, um, what, what would people say, what I got myself in for, or that type of thing. That is, you know, lots of situations we encounter. I think that's all I really can leave with you is the phrase stuck in my mind over and over as I studied this this week that I need to judge righteous judgment and that is my encouragement to all of you that we could do that and when we don't know how we have a father that we can ask for wisdom how to judge righteous judgment I think at this time we will have a We will kneel for prayer.